0: Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a full dive of news, discussion, insights, everything you need for VR gaming. We're brought to you by Asterian Products. They're a top-selling company on Amazon. They make VR and AR headset accessories. Check them out. I'm Jay Brat. I'm a VR YouTuber. We'll just leave it there.
1: I'm Nat Brat, a VR enthusiast who loves games with water levels.
2: And I'm VR, a VR YouTuber who's super excited to talk PSVR 2. Oh uh, yeah, it's launch week. The PSVR 2 has been out for a
0: minute. And you know our podcast. We're here to keep you up to date about all of it. We tell you what's going on, we answer questions from the community, and then we talk about the news, games. But this week we're going to do it a little different. We're mostly going to discuss the PSVR 2 all at the end of the podcast instead of talking about games because we've been playing a ton of different games for the PSVR 2. There's too much to go one by one. We're just going to talk about it all. But come check us out on YouTube if you've been listening to us this whole time, because there will be trailers up on the screen, everything to help you see what's going on in the world. And we got tons of questions. Yep. Let's. You want to take the first one?
2: Yeah. So it's from Jamie VRX. And it says, over the next five years, what sort of hardware improvements do you think would maximize mass market appeal? And it all he also asks hardware improvements that would drive hype amongst current enthusiasts. Software improvements, additions for mass market appeal, and software improvements to make enthusiasts go "brr." I'm not sure what that <laughs> means 100%. I would say that the the biggest thing for me, if we're talking, you know, the Quest side of things, better AR function, you know, color paths through, and things like that. Lighter headsets that are just more comfortable and, you know, out out of the box. Like I get it that we got all these extra accessories we can add, but I, I really feel like to get more people into VR, you really want that out of the box experience to be,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, a lot more comfortable than it is right now. I know when I played the Quest 1 and got that after playing PSVR for years, I was like, how do they sell this? How is this comfortable for <laughs> anyone? And the same thing with the Quest 2. And I'm just like, Thank- thankfully there's these amazing, like Halo straps and things like that. But, you know, that would be, you know, the, the, the biggest things, but I really think for, for you know I, know, I know the questions, you know, about, you know, more VR things, but it's like I really think that the augmented reality aspects are where we need to sort of take the next improvements. I love the eye tracking stuff, but I really think that's where you're going to hit the next, the next big boom because that's not necessarily going to require a huge amount more power. That's more about the hardware itself having better tracking and better cameras and everything like that hmm. True. I, I think it's interesting to bring up eye tracking, too,
0: because even with AR, eye tracking will make a huge difference. So you think about mm-hmm. if you have, you know, your text messages up in the corner and when you look at it, if you stay there for a second, then it actually pops it out big for you to read what's going on. And it'll be interesting to see how all of that comes to play. But I agree with you about like comfort is such a basic thing. Yeah. And how is it how is it at this point that so many headsets come out and are so uncomfortable? To start, seriously, like, th- that's that's the biggest thing for like mass growth is it needs to be comfortable. It kind of needs to be stylish, but it needs to be convenient, and all of that comes back to comfort is going to destroy. No matter how convenient something is, no matter how nice it looks, if it's not comfortable, people aren't going to be able to wear it.
1: Yep, so true. That's a big thing for me. I I kind of feel like. Going more towards like glasses type of thing is going to bring VR and AR more to mass markets because people don't want to put like a thing on their head. So I think something that's more like a wearable will be bringing it to more people. Definitely. What about software stuff?
2: I think getting better hand tracking and things like that. And it it all comes down down to the camera things. But Mm -hmm. it's like, I feel like there's a level of designing things to work better that don't necessarily require more power but just require more knowledge. And, and, and like, like honestly, I was watching your video for the PSVR two, and just the idea of looking around the room and it automatically found where the walls and all the furniture and everything was
0: mm-hmm.
2: felt like a huge, huge step because when you have to go and design the Guardian for the PSVR, or sorry, the Quest 2, you know, it takes a little bit of time. It's a, it's a bit of a headache and it's never perfect. But mm-hmm. you know, when it's finding all these things already that it's going to continue to work properly. Mm-hmm. And that's software. That's straight up software. That's not a hardware thing at all. Yeah,
0: it needs to it needs to become more familiar. It needs to be something you don't have to feel like you have to learn when it comes to the software side, too. Cause like you get in a quest, you get in a PSVR, you get on the PC, and it's none of it is easy or super intuitive. The quest is better, maybe. But still, like, it's not like if you've used a phone or you've used a laptop your whole life, you're going to jump into this and instantly know how to do everything. It's a whole nother world you have to learn. And that's going to stop people, too. It needs to become something that either is so intuitive, you know it just by looking at it or it feels more like a phone or a computer, something that people already know how to do. And that will help people get in that are scared of it.
1: Yeah. That's why I wonder if if Apple's really going to make a headset, mm-hmm. if it's really going to help with that mass appeal, because they are really good at making things very intuitive. So mm-hmm. we had another question from Jamie VRX, favorite supernatural workouts. So I'm guessing that's towards me and Jay, since we're the ones that are doing Supernatural. And a couple sub questions. What sort of routine do you have? One workout a day, series of workouts. Any particular things you look for when selecting a workout? Or what's your favorite way to get your movement game on in VR? So that one can go to Lipnox, I'm sure. Jay, do you want to talk about your routine? Favorite workouts
0: and that kind of stuff? So I, I tried to commit back in, I think July, I said, I was just going to try and do a supernatural a day because for those people who haven't tried supernatural, there's all these different workouts, low, medium, high intensity, some are as short as five minutes, some are as long as an hour. And I was like, I'm going to try and do one a day because on some days, if I'm tired, I can do a five minute one. I get some movement, but, but it's not this crazy intense workout. Mm -hmm. And so I have literally done one every single day since then. And, I it's usually my problem with Supernatural, one of them at least, is I prefer to just do one workout and they don't have enough long workouts because I feel like you really should do a 20-30 minute one if you really want to get a good sweat on get a good workout in and too often if I see there's like a 17 minute one I don't want to do a 17 minute one and do a 5 minute one I want to do like a 25 minute one and be done Yeah, because when it's over I feel done so I'm doing a lot of the same ones because when you're doing it every day you start to exhaust the options because like Beat Saber or any other rhythm game you're better at it you're going to work harder and try harder if you're listening to songs you know and like and they're just there. there's a lot of workouts but ultimately. If you're like, oh, I like to work out to like EDM or or hard rock like those are your two things then you've limited it now to that and oh i like boxing rather than the beat saber style one now you've cut it in more than cut it in half and you have those two other sliders and so as you find the workouts you like you actually limit yourself more and more of what you're gonna do and that's been my trouble with it like i keep doing it each day but i have done this one super monster high intensity 36 minute boxing one so many times now probably like 30 times and it's oh, the wow. same work Out with the coaches saying the same stuff, the same songs in the same order. It's like, okay, they need to expand their team because they need to get more of these workouts out faster.
1: For sure. Yeah. And I, I've been doing like five supernatural workouts a week. I usually do 17 ish minute ones. Like you said, that's like the most amount they have. They have more that are like 17 minute ones than longer ones. Mm -hmm. So, but I do find that's pretty easy to get in. Like if you're doing other stuff, doing like weights and stuff, it's pretty easy to get that in and also do other things for your workout. So that's nice. And I, I like like pop music and they have a lot of like pop on there. So I usually go for those. They have like Kind of themes for some of their workouts. And one of the themes is shower songs, or they have some that are guilty pleasures. And so those are the ones that I kind of gravitate towards. And I definitely prefer the boxing ones to the Beat Saber style ones, mostly just because the Beat Saber style ones, my shoulders will hurt if I like do the high intensity ones and too much of that. So I like the boxing ones. And they also have added in this new mechanic of knee strikes. So I like those two. The most important thing for those workouts is finding music you like, because Mm -hmm. I do so much worse when it's music that I don't like, because I'm like, I hate this. (laughs) So over to you, Lipnox, for your favorite way to get your movement game on in VR without necessarily... Supernatural.
2: So, so I love everything you guys said, because literally my answer is the solution to what you guys are talking about. For me, uh, we all know Supernatural has a subscription, which if you're not, you know, if you're using it all the time, it's definitely going to be worth it for your health. But for me, I'm not going to use that kind of app all the time. Uh, but there's a game called Power Beats VR, which uh-huh. basically copies Supernatural, except for it has one huge, huge difference. You can use your own music and you can use any audio clip you want and itself. And it generates, uh, you know, a thing and you have different like Ooh. weapons and ways you can like design your workout in that regard. You can set how you want the difficulty to be. So if you want it really hard or really easy, you can do that. But the fact that you can just add whatever music you want every single day, you could have your own new playlist of songs and you can add them into playlists. So just next track, next track, next track, playing your workout that way, I guarantee that in no way is it going to be visually or on like just the just refined level of quality that you're going to get from Supernatural. But for me, if I want, you know, like when I'm, if I'm going to go in there and try to do some workouts, I'm going to pick power beats because I can pick whatever song that I want. If I want to go listen to weird video game music, if I want to listen to, you know, just hard, heavy rock. I want to listen to my absolute favorite song. I can do it all with power beats and, you know, that, that might be something I don't think Supernatural ever would add. But if they did have a feature where you could use your own music or choose your own music, maybe even do something with YouTube where it can take a YouTube video that's music and turn that into, into the you know, a video, like into a, you know, a mapping. I think that would just be really cool to just give people that, like Jay said, you know, they want to listen to some of these more obscure genres that aren't given a huge, huge selection of songs. There you go. You got that. But I, I mean, I will also say
1: Beyond Power Beats.
2: Through all the fight, nothing has made me sweat like through all the fight. So,
1: nice. yeah, I gotta check out Power Beats. That sounds cool.
0: Chili's 94, of course, coming in with another divisive, controversial question Who has been your favorite guest to have on the podcast? Now, I did rack my brain for a while because there's not really any standouts. It's like, that was like the best podcast ever. <laughs> I, I will say, though, not necessarily my favorite, but as far as like the types of people we have, we typically have either content creators. VR developers, or people who work in the VR industry somewhere. And I do think interesting and surprisingly, the people who work in the VR industry are sometimes the most interesting to interview because they bring such a different perspective. Like, I am a YouTuber. Libnox is a YouTuber. Not just has played VR for, geez seven years now, and loves VR. We all have a good perspective of gaming and what we like to do. But when you bring in someone who like talks about how they're trying to, you know, bring this metaverse to life, and all they have all these different views on like, what the future of VR is that gaming isn't even a part of it to them. It's really intriguing to me, because it's like, oh, wow, this person has the same passion and love as I do, but a completely different part of it. (laughs) <laughs> like, they don't even touch that part. The filmmakers we've had on that don't even like ever VR game. It's like so weird to me to think that you could be that in love with VR and that into it and you don't game in it because yeah. at this point, that's still the main thing people see VR as.
2: Yeah. I know we talked to a developer recently that they totally opened my eyes up to the reality that they could care less about the Quest headsets. They mm-hmm. want the most expensive, most user friendly headsets and they are way more excited for things like the, the Vive uh, XR or whatever, whatever it's mm-hmm. called, the new one, and the, you know, the Apple VR headset. And I was like, I remember talking to the, the one guys, I think it was the uh, Clique Games one, but they were just all about, you know, we want the best headset, we want the best new features, we want things that are going to make it really easy for us to develop games. But they're not playing the games, they're too busy developing the games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're only playing their own games.
1: Yeah, yeah testing
2: their own stuff.
1: Really interesting to have the, the filmmakers on, like the VR filmmakers. And then the other person I was thinking of that kind of stood out was Austin from the VR movie theater. Like it mm-hmm. was like a movie theater slash VR movie theater. He was so passionate. It's just like people that are passionate about what mm-hmm. they do that are really interesting to talk to because it you just get into these conversations and talk about stuff that you wouldn't have even thought you would talk about. So, Yeah. I definitely find that very interesting and fun
2: i looked i looked through to see you know because i was trying to remember all the podcasts i've been on and i was like who is my favorite guest when you know it was just me and jay and then someone else and i didn't really like include the vr developers because i always see that as like an alternate side of the podcast uh, but i remember we had a guy i think it was 10 months ago his name was theron from Scuttle, Sh- scuttlebutt or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a great time talking to him. He had just great energy on the podcast, and he was just a fun guy. I think he was, uh, I think they did a pod- VR podcast about sort of uh, like military guys who were into VR. But uh, I remember just me and Jay talked to him, and I remember having a great time having. Him on the show and uh that that'd be my favorite I could think of. Yeah. We've got a lot of guests too now. Like I try and think mm-hmm.
0: back to like the early days too, and I'm like, we had some guests that it's wild that they were even on the podcast. It's just so many, it becomes a blur over time. But Chili <laughs> yeah. threw another weird question on with this one. Will memes help <laughs> drive the sales of the PSVR2? Memes. I feel like I hear this question and I don't even think about like the actual PSVR two or something. I think memes are an interesting form of media because people do not realize how influential and powerful they actually are memes can change people's opinions about things memes can reinforce bad opinions about things so when it comes to vr 2 they probably if they're done right could help drive the awareness or the sales of vr in general but there is so much to media that we take too lightly mm-hmm. and don't realize how much power it has. And I'm going to throw an example out here, kind of calling out a channel, not. This is probably a dangerous thing to do, but Uh there's a VR Uh channel called, well, there's a YouTube channel called up is not jump. Probably likely that most of you have seen some of their videos and they, they did this series. They titled the videos. This is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. And it was kind of like this ongoing joke, but the problem with things like that, with thumbnails that we do a certain way, people who click on the video and watch it and see them having fun playing VR and go, Oh wow, this is cool. I want to get VR. But for those people who are VR haters out there and aren't really like don't really want to get into VR. And then every time a new game comes out, they see a thumbnail that says Skyrim VR is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. That's a nightmare. And they think, oh, VR still sucks. And that just proved it. I saw something that said it's bad. Well, if you watch the video, yeah, it's not actually saying it's bad, but we, they have this power and memes do the same thing. We have this power. We should be thinking about how we wield that when we create something in a world where clicks matter only and not the validity of your information or how you present it, it becomes a dangerous cycle that we step into.
2: Well, and I think, I think, too, though on the same level is, I don't know if you'd call little like short clips being memes in the same way with TikTok mm-hmm. videos and things like that, but when you get all these people posting videos of getting hurt in VR or hurting mm-hmm. someone or hurting their TV, scares people off the entire tech. It's, oh, this is funny mm-hmm. to watch. It's like, I'm never getting that. That's going to destroy my house, or I'm going to hurt myself, yep. or someone's going to get hit. It gives off you know, a, an inaccurate representation or opinion. And in terms of help drive sales with the PSVR two, there's one big issue. There is some crazy biases between Quest 2 owners and the mm-hmm. PlayStation VR owners at this point. I'm seeing all over Facebook. Sure. People are crying. Oh, well, it's got a wire. Oh, well, your Quest 2 isn't powerful at all. You know, um, enjoy your, your basic graphics and this and that. And it's like, <laughs> when you have these toxic back and forth, you're just convincing yeah. Outsiders to not want the headsets at all and just be like, "Oh, neither mm-hmm. of them are ready. There's no perfect right. headset yet. I'm waiting."
1: Yeah, people love to be on their little teams, so <laughs> they definitely get very toxic pretty fast. So it's it's, yeah, it's literally like a... the Nintendo
2: versus Sega days, but now yes. for VR. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. we have another question from Shave Dog, and uh, talking about the Quest Pro, you know, sale price discount. Uh, do you think it's disappointing sales numbers? or the right around the corner or of the right around the corner PSVR 2 and Vive XR Elite that brought in the Quest Pro price drop or all the above. And uh, they also asked, you know, what what do you think the sweet spot is for a Quest Pro? And I would definitely say, I think it was literally just the Quest Pro did not sell as well as they thought it was going to sell. And they have way too many units sitting around doing nothing with. So they needed to drop the price, even if they were taking a loss on those headsets. Uh, I think that... The, the Quest Pro isn't premium enough for those developer guys that will spend any amount of money mm. to get the best headset. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the Vive XR Elite just, you know, beat them. They beat them for that audience. And I don't see the Quest 2 market going for that. There's just, there's no, you don't, you don't get better games on the Quest Pro. It just seems like there's no, it, just wait for the Quest 3. I don't see mm-hmm. any reason or any price that would make me get a Quest Pro Unless it was like a one for one trade for my quest two right now. Cause I'd rather I'd rather just wait. I'd rather just wait.
1: Yeah, especially since the quest three is gonna be more geared towards like gamers.
2: Yeah.
1: It it we're gonna, might be
2: better games. That's the thing. The Quest yeah. Pro does does nothing for me gaming wise except for just looking a little bit better, being more comfy. Right.
1: Yeah. It's really funny because it was supposed to be marketed towards Businesses and I just feel like most businesses do not have a use for this or don't see the merit in it.
0: Yeah, it landed in a tough spot. You never want to be in the middle when it comes to the tech world. It seems like you either want to be the high tier that people are going to get or the low tier that everyone's going to get. And they made this pro to be the high tier, but it really wasn't. And I said when originally we were all hoping and speculating it's going to be eight hundred dollars, and Facebook announced it's going to be significantly more. I said (laughs) back then I was like, I hope significant is one hundred dollars because if it's anything more than that higher than 800 i think it's going to be a total flop out the gate and even at 1100 i don't think a ton of them sold still so i think it's a tough road ahead for the quest pro and if it hadn't been for the quest 3 leaks maybe it would have done a little better but everyone is like oh why would i buy the pro if the 3 is going to cost a third of it and is potentially going to be better
2: well well, i look at it like this imagine imagine the ps4 pro costs three times as much as the PS4 did, <laughs> who would have bought that?
0: <laughs> yeah, no one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they had called it the Quest 3, it probably would have sold better than being called the Quest Pro. And mm-hmm. then they could have made a Quest 4 this year, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> that might be a little bit over overdue.
0: We got some news, of course, going on in the VR scene, but we got to tell you about our sponsor. If you've been with us a long time, you got to know them by now. Asterion Products, they make VR headset stands, AR headset stands, mats to keep you in your play area. Check them out. On Amazon, code fulldive10 is going to get you 10% off on us. Nat, what, what is going on in VR?
1: Oh, this was interesting. I came to this news piece because I got a targeted ad on Instagram that was for a VR, using VR for physical rehabilitation. And so I was like, "Ooh, mm, that's super interesting. And so I looked into this a little bit more. And this isn't super recent news, but it was a study that I found from 2019 from the medical science monitor. And it found after a randomized controlled study that patients with Parkinson's disease performed significantly better in balance and gait after undergoing a 12 week program of VR rehabilitation versus regular physical therapy. So this was a pretty small study and it was only with 24 participants, but it was still a really interesting look into the future applications of VR and what we might be seeing later on. Uh, so what do you guys think about this, the study and what it means for the future?
2: I mean, I think that, uh, you know, VR is the first time that I'd be like, well, I'm okay with standing up and playing video games. You know, I was getting way more exercise without even thinking about it because I was so, having so much fun just playing the VR and I wanted the best experience which required standing up and being active. I think that anything like that, that just, you know, it's, you're not exercising, you're playing a game. You know, that Mm -hmm. can completely change someone's outlook on getting into something that maybe they don't fully enjoy. If you said to me, oh, you know, you want to go for the gym for an hour or do you want to play VR for an hour? You know, I might I might stop going to the gym after a week. But the VR, all these years, seven years later, and I'm still playing it. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and VR has a lot of medical applications. We just haven't started to explore enough yet. But like correcting lazy eyes has been something they've already found they can really do because of the control VR gives them over each eye. They can have people do exercise in VR because it can show them two images that aren't actually matched up and help them develop the muscles they need to to potentially fix that. And that's of course certain conditions that are fixable. Not everything is but there's a ton of applications like this i think that will be coming in the years as more studies are done and that's when vr will also start to be seen as more of a useful tool rather than just right now where people mostly think oh it's for gaming that's what everybody does with it so anything like this i love it because it's pushing us towards that future
2: yeah definitely I've got to say
0: obviously the biggest VR news of the week is the PSVR2, but we've told you about this supernatural thing going on with Meta. So we got to, we said we'd give you an update when it happened. So basically there's been this ongoing fight with the FTC trying to stop Meta from buying Within, which is the owner of Supernatural because they said they're trying to create a VR monopoly. It's it's basically seems like it's over. Meta has won. They're going to be able to pretty much buy it. Anyone goes up against a big corporation, even if it's the FTC. I mean, who wins usually? Big corporation. But what do you think, Lip? Did you have any thoughts on this?
2: Uh, I mean, uh, we're watching Microsoft buy up all these things mm-hmm. and Sony's getting upset. Oh, you're stealing Call of Duty from me. You know, this and that. that. That's the biggest thing about doing this and buying all these VR companies is if you're doing it to hoard exclusives, uh, you're just going to lose money because these you, you want to sell games on as many platforms as possible to make the most amount of money. If Meta is smart about it and they, you know, are respectful about it, it's not going to, it's not going to bother people. But if, you know, if every single game that comes from these new studios, they buy are all just only on the quest headsets. uh, It's just bad for the industry in general. It's bad for these companies because they're not going to sell as many copies of these things. I'm thinking of Meta and the quest as like a gaming thing, not necessarily a VR thing. (laughs) <laughs> uh, when dealing with these kind of court cases. And it's like, they're not, they're not buying half of the game industry. They're buying tiny VR companies. They're not, they're not going in, they're not saying, oh, we're buying EA and EA is going to make exclusively VR games from now on. That would be a huge monopoly that I think people would be upset about. But I think that right now, I, I'm, honestly, I'm sure PlayStation, Sony themselves probably have more people that are doing exclusive things for PSVR, then, you know, we're seeing on on coming from Meta themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, I just always find it annoying that Meta is always like, oh, look at this thing. That is good. Let's buy it. So and not just letting companies be on their own like Instagram. They're like, ooh, let's buy that and then mess it up and make it more terrible. Microsoft.
2: Everything they <laughs> so- <laughs> buy. You guys remember <laughs> so- Skype?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I do think it might be nice for Supernatural. Maybe they'll expand more and get more get more workouts going and stuff if Meta is having a say in that, but We'll see what happens. Like I said,
0: the biggest news of the week, the biggest gaming of the week, everything. PSVR 2 launched just on the 22nd. It's barely been out, but I have spent as many hours as I possibly could in it. Nat's gotten to try quite a bit, and Lipnox has been dreaming about trying it, I'm sure. <laughs> so let's, take, let's go through here. Kind of questions from you. Think about, you know, for someone who hasn't had one yet. What do you want to know about, like, what was the setup like? What's it? What about it? Just you shoot away questions and we'll kind of answer them.
2: So I've been watching all sorts of reviews from people that had pros and cons and things. And there were some things that I guess are very centric to me that I just didn't necessarily, you know, people just didn't put in their videos. Uh, But I noticed that when you start up the PSVR, it has this brightness thing where it says, you know, adjust Mm -hmm. your brightness in the room so that it can track properly. And it got me reminded that I can't use the Quest 2 in a dark room, like in a pitch Mm -hmm. black room, which means you probably can't do that with PlayStation VR too. Well, my solution has always been an IR illuminator, which is like a thing they have on like the security cameras to basically blast this light that you can't see normally, but the headsets seem to be able to see with their inside out tracking thing. And, uh, you know, I was very curious if that worked. And uh, I I know you haven't tested that yet, but I guess you're gonna have a future video for that, but you you can confirm that you do need to have a well-lit room without that. You do need to have a good amount of light.
0: And not only that, interestingly, I have found some tracking issues based off of how your lighting can change. So for instance, we have a good size TV. We have a 75 inch TV upstairs. And if you are playing on your PSVR and you're facing towards that TV, it'll start to mess up your tracking randomly. Mm-hmm. And there's wow. a setting on the PS5 that you can go in and you can switch this setting, and it will add like some kind of a border to the TV that will help it recognize where the TV is and help. Help it not lose tracking when you're facing the TV. So I've just been turning and facing away from the TV when I play because I don't need to face the TV anymore. There's no camera on top of it. But for people coming from PSVR1 who are really used to that, you might find, especially if you have a brighter TV, you might find you're having these tracking issues that are just awful because it like takes you completely out of the game for a second and mm-hmm. says tracking lost, tracking lost and messes yeah. up. And that, so that's been interesting, but for your question, I did order an IR light. It'll be coming later this week to test that with, because I am curious. I had one for the quest Two, but I gave it away because I wasn't using it. So now i had to order like a full proper big one though and see what that will do if i can play in a dark room and who knows if the tracking's better i just might start playing that way used an ir blaster today to check if infrared light works it does work
2: tracks really nicely actually with infrared light yeah i'll look forward to watching that video for sure uh so another question i had big big thing to me which honestly when i watched you drawing the guardian i was like oh this thing uh i hate the guardian so much (laughs) on the quest too that I have developer mode turned on, which mm-hmm. lets me turn the Guardian off. I turn it on just to fix the height, and then I turn that off and never have it on because I know where my room is and I, got, I don't even wear the facial interface so I can see below me. But is there any way that you can disable that Guardian for the PSVR 2? I guess with the wire, it's probably not as big a deal, but still... Would be nice Uh, i'm gonna say not
0: yet is what i think i looked all through the settings i couldn't find anything on it i don't think sony will let you though like i think that the only way would be if, if there's a developer mode so your best bet is to make the space way too big so that you never run into the walls showing up and you can do that luckily you can just push the space out beyond your walls and even though it scans your walls it won't tell you oh hey you can't do that you can't make it too big It'll let you make it as big as you want so just make it bigger than your room and hopefully you won't have to see it very often
2: i'll, I'll do my quest two trick whenever i use the guardian and just draw it as far as possible around me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go we're good we got giant <laughs> sphere. who cares how big the room is as long as it leaves me alone and i can play and uh, and the other one i had which uh, i haven't seen anyone talk about yet i don't think this is a thing yet But does the YouTube app work for VR videos?
0: Man, you're asking all the right questions because it's things I haven't (laughs) actually tested yet. I've seen that people were watching videos and I see that they were asking questions online, but I have not seen any confirmation that you can watch like 360 YouTube on it yet. Yeah. But that's another one. I'm going to have to test that. Now you're, You're giving me all these ideas to go figure out. So I don't know. We we got the next
2: week of videos planned out now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Answering
0: (laughs) Lipsnock's questions this series.
2: (laughs) Well, I I just went through and watched so many things and I was like, oh, you know, so many people that are going to be new PS, you know, PlayStation, like VR owners. One of the first things they're going to think to do is all these 360 videos that they've had just taunting them over the years showing up in their feed. They're like, I want to see that. I want to see that. And I know that for me personally, I've never felt like those videos were very good because they always felt too blurry because of how Mm -hmm. zoomed out they have to be. But uh, I think for some people that are getting a new headset that never had it before, that would be a cool experience. And I mean, the lack of having 3D Blu-ray support on the, the PS5 you know, takes that away from it too, so.
0: I opened up YouTube, went all through the options and everything. You can open a 360 video, but it still shows it in flat cinema mode, and it lets you turn with the controller and see in the video, but you can't look around in it, at least not yet.
1: So we had some other questions from Shafedog that were specifically about PSVR 2, so we could go through a couple of those. And one of the questions was, can you explain the difference between Mura? and and the screen door effect. Mm -hmm. And so this is really relevant to PSVR2 because it has the mirror going on. Jay, do you want to explain what that means?
0: It's funny because we actually have a mini episode just talking about our first impressions of the PSVR2 that should be launching hopefully this afternoon. And that talks about this but we'll hit it again so screen door effect people are pretty familiar with what that is that is the ability to see each individual pixel when you're inside of a VR headset and if, you, and if you're still kind of like uh, what is he talking about turn your TV on on a bright screen walk up really close to your TV like your eye doctor tells you not to to where you can count each pixel separately even a nice TV you're going to be able to and that's what's happening in VR you have lenses that are make simulating distance but your l- screens are still so close that you can see each individual one and it ends up looking like you're looking through a screen door where there's all these like black vertical and horizontal lines. Mira is something that's not as commonly known because it's extremely hard to notice it even on a TV. And because a lot of headsets are using LCD screens, it's not something you see that commonly, but it's something that's more common on OLED screens. What happens is every pixel that is created and put into a screen is not always the exact same level of brightness. It's not possible with the micromanufacturing they're doing to make them all a perfect match. And on a normal huge TV, you'll never notice that. But in VR, if you're looking at a dark screen and you have pixels that are a little bit more gray with that shade of black that it says is there, and some that are a little more white and some that are a little more black. It's not that the actual pixel can't shut off and show you true black. That's the whole point of an OLED. It can, but when it's trying to show you gray, it's showing you varying levels of gray. And so it suddenly looks like there's a film over your lenses because the other problem is too, when you turn your head, that mirror stays with where your head turns. It doesn't stick to the image. So it doesn't just look like, oh, that's a foggy background over that direction. When I turn my head, right No, it's like the smear follows you. So it's like when you get a nasty thumbprint on your headset, and then whenever you turn your head, you still see this blurry spot. It's kind of like that, but a less pronounced version of it. And if you're here on YouTube, it's only with like certain colors. it's like
1: more. It's more obvious in like certain colors and (laughs) and things like that. So. And I feel like it's almost like, for me, it doesn't feel like a thumbprint because that bugs the crap out of me because I have worn glasses. Like, I wear contacts more now, but I wore glasses all growing up. So, like, it really bugs me when there's, like, a smudge on the lens. Uh It's different to me than that. It's more, it's like you're looking through kind of a cloudy lens it's not cloudy it's really hard to explain but it's like you can see that beyond it it's really clear mm-hmm. so yeah it's for me it's kind of hard to explain i feel like it doesn't it's not like make or break but you definitely notice it
2: yeah i remember that being a big thing with quest one the the rings thing <laughs> so it, it yeah almost, the it, rings
0: are probably the god rays with the god rays. Lenses. that's what it was I was, trying to, yep. I was
2: trying to figure out what you guys were even talking about with the blurry thing and i'm like Does he he mean the God rays? Mira is very common on PSVR
0: one, actually. You might remember it. And if not, I luckily was able to capture pretty well on a PSVR one. So if you show up to the YouTube video, I'll have some visuals on screen of what it is. But it's kind of this like staticky, grainy, just smear. And it just reminds you that you're looking at a screen and not... The real world with the depth of the real world at times, which is very frustrating because in an OLED screen, if you have a true black, it looks like actual darkness. It looks like distance. Mm -hmm. But if this mirror pops up because they made it gray and not black, all of a sudden you're reminded very heavily, oh, I'm looking at a screen right now. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that may be what Shaved Dog is seeing because he said, I think what I'm noticing is Mira because the screen door effect is greatly reduced on the PSVR 2, which it is. The screen door effect, you really have to look for it now. You have to like look at the sky specifically. But I feel like I did not
1: really notice it. I noticed the Mura, but I didn't really notice the screen. It's very obvious.
2: So he had another question and I'm actually super curious about this one too. Can you confirm if you're able to charge your controllers while playing or do the controllers not function while charging?
0: I really feel like I should have gotten this list of questions before this podcast because I feel like I should have went and done all this testing I've had them plugged in when it was on and it said make sure and unplug your controllers but I was still able to move the controllers around so it seems like you're able to play during it but I haven't like I guess I should put a battery pack in each pocket and like try to play a game testing it that way but the big question in my mind is like who could ever play with the, now a cord on each controller too <laughs> right and not just <laughs> on your headset but yeah it seems it knows if they're charging and it tells you to stop but it it was still letting me move them so i believe that you could get away with gaming i guess unless that pop-up never disappeared so that could be a problem yes i have since checked since we recorded this and i am actually playing DMEO right now with my controller plugged in it does give you a warning and says for your safety, unplug it, but you can continue to play with them plugged in and charging.
1: And I don't know if you wanted to touch on the other question that Shave Dog had where he was mostly just asking for cable management solutions. Mm-hmm. If there's ones that you'd recommend.
0: Yeah. I, the big problem with any cable management solution was when it comes to VR. So you have to ask yourself, where's my VR at and what kind of source am I willing to install in the room around it? <sighs> Because if it's in your living room, that's nice looking, and you have people over, do you want a bunch of hooks hanging off the ceiling, making them think they're walking into some horror movie? And if you're okay with that, then there's the VR Wire 2 is my favorite one. It's the most involved. uh, But if you get it set up right, it's almost like you're wireless. Next to that is basically every other one out there, which is all pretty much the same pulley systems. If you get them, make sure you look for the pro or the version two. Kiwi makes one, AMBR makes one. The the newer ones have quieter pulleys, but basically they're just pulleys that attach to your cable that you hook to the ceiling and they all hold them above you. And- pretty much having this the cable on the ceiling is really the only cable management that's going to work really effectively because there's no way to manage it down on the ground around you because you're still going to step on it you're still going to get twisted but the big risk that you need to remember especially now that you're 360 with the psvr is if you suspend a cable above you and you tend to turn one direction over and over and over again which most people do when they play games is you're going to wind that cable up and eventually possibly kink it if you don't stop and unwind it every so often and on pc you can install apps that help you remember that that, but on psvr you don't have that option oh so yeah
1: i didn't really think about that mm. yeah
0: you're putting your cable at a risk by doing yeah. that no matter what so it's i fully believe that they're worth it but from psvr one for so long i've become very good at not turning that much when i game so i i use the thumbstick to turn so if you play mm. a game like like to the top or something like where you're turning a lot i that's actually a game i played on my rift s and got a kink in my cable the first time i played it because i was twisting so much in one direction so you have to be careful
2: but there's that beat the, the beat saber has that mode that you have to like the 360 thing around mm-hmm. you so you're spinning around hitting all the things and i feel like that would be a dangerous situation but i i will say because i've watched so many reviews a lot of people mentioned that while that was an issue the whole cable thing you know the psvr2 library is very like mostly all the games you can play by just sitting down and just staring in front of the TV, maybe turn the TV off because of this whole tracking thing. But definitely seems like most of the games, you know, you can be in a relaxed, sitting down position and you can still fully enjoy them.
1: Yeah, for sure. So there were a couple things too that I thought it might be interesting to hit on that I'm pretty sure we didn't talk about in that mini episode about PSVR 2. So some things that we ran into were, which I'm not sure if that's going to be an issue going forward or if it's just like an update that will come out. But we noticed that there's no social screen. So it's not showing up like on the TV for like flat games, menus, and pass-through. Mm-hmm. Or maybe sometimes it was coming sometimes, up.
0: Sometimes pass-through. It depends on if you came yeah. to pass-through from a game or if you came from the menu screens. But it's not like PSVR 1 where if I wanted to just play some random game, but in my headset, it would also show on the TV and even sometimes the menus. Like a lot of times, we're sitting there staring at a black screen, wondering what's going on while someone is going through the initial setup of a game or accepting the user end agreements and stuff like that. That's no longer showing. And it's making it a little bit less nice of a social experience in that yeah, way.
1: For sure. That was weird. And I, I hope that they fix that. And speaking of pass-through, I really wanted to talk about the pass-through mm-hmm. because I was extremely impressed with the pass-through. Even though it's still black and white, it was So clear. It was just like real life, but in black and white. And like with the quest two, it's like a little bit behind. And so it like kind of makes you feel sick. And it's like but with the PSVR two, it was amazing. And like there's a button on the bottom of the headset where you can just press to go to pass through. And I was really excited because I'm like, sweet. I can like turn on the pass-through, grab a little snacky, or grab a drink, which (laughs) is something that's hard to do like i was thinking of like demio where you're playing sometimes for a few hours and demio i love it but they don't have great saving in that game and so you feel like you cannot take a break i'm like oh man it would be cool to play demio in psvr2 which again i'm very glad is in psvr2 <laughs> you can press the little pass through button grab a snack very easily and it doesn't feel awful to do and everything looks really nice so i was very impressed with that. I, I'm, I am
2: curious uh is the resolution and clarity clear enough that you can use your phone and see text messages and actually respond to a text message while wearing the headset I actually responded to a text message to test that. It's not easy.
0: It's not like oh, I can see perfectly, but you can do it. I had to close one eye and get the phone a little close to the camera to do it, but it was definitely better than any other headset I've ever tried to do that on. Like, it's possible. I will say
2: there's 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 no way you're doing that in a Quest Two. You can't even right. read the oh notification. No. So oh no, <laughs> no, yeah, that's although I, with the
1: Quest Pro because you can see like the outside world Mm -hmm. pretty easily. Like you can do it that way, but yeah, for pass through being able to do that through pass through pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. I think that one thing about it though, is what's probably happening is meta has pushed that their pass through is actual full three dimensional stereoscopic pass through the way they do it. And that's why it doesn't look as good. And that's why your Mm -hmm. hand like shift between the lenses. I think that PSVR is doing it in more of a two dimensional flat way, but even though they they seem to be doing that way, I still was able to like put my hand out and and know I'm about to touch that wall. And then I touched it. Like it didn't feel like a flat thing that wasn't realistic still. And I think that that's what people have said about the Pico. The Pico pastor looks really, really good. But then Meta argues, oh, well, theirs is doing flat cameras, not actually doing it this way. But seeing this, I'm like, it's just as good, if not better, at spatial awareness and it looks way better. So I understand why this
2: seems better. I wonder if we'll get some AR things because of that. Because I think the the DeMeo AR mode would work perfectly for the PSVR too, if if it works.
1: I was wondering that too. That would be really cool.
0: I've got to bring up my biggest gripe with the headset. There is no volume on it anywhere. It is all, you have to, and not only is there not a volume freaking rocker or knob anywhere on the headset, you have to hit the PlayStation button, You have to go down once. You have to find the sound, click on sound, go down again once. There's headset volume and
2: adjust your volume. How? That seems seems like such a huge oversight. I can't believe they did that.
0: (laughs) How? That's that's been driving me nuts since before I got it. Because I was like, no way. I kept seeing all these things. I was like, where's the volume? It's got to be there somewhere. Quest has volume. And yes, not every PC headset had volume on it because on your PC, you had to adjust volume through Windows. But how are they like, oh, everyone's going to buy some headset that has its own headphones, has its own volume on it. I'm like thinking about finding a set of headphones with their own volume just for the PSVR, because that is nuts to me. That you don't just have a quick button to do it.
1: And it's hilarious. Like, they have the eye adjustment, Mm -hmm. like, knob thing, and not volume. Like, what? That was so strange. I did not understand that let's find someone from playstation and have them guest on the podcast so we can ask them
0: (laughs) the ipd adjustment is really nice though because now it has eye tracking it can help you get it adjusted right without you having to just eyeball or guess or know what your ipd is and it's nothing like the original psvr where it was all software nonsense in the background like even though the psvr 2 doesn't have as big of a sweet spot as the psvr 1 the ipd lets you get the lenses right where you need them to be so you're fine. Yeah. Like the sweet spots. Good. The only some people complain if it doesn't fit their forehead quite right and it ends up too high or low, they'll get out of the sweet spot. So that is for some people. But so far, everyone I put in the headset has been able to adjust it all and get it just right to where it looks good.
2: So with the, the eye tracking, is the doesn't that help with the whole uh, getting the sweet spot right? Or do you still need to have that perfect sweet spot?
0: You still want to have the sweet spot because then when your eyes turn and it's doing the foveated okay. rendering a different direction, you still need to have been starting from that center. Otherwise, when, if, you, if, it's not, if you're not in the sweet spot and it's blurry from the start, it's going to stay blurry. You got to still be in the right spot.
2: Plus, you probably see those blue things even more.
0: Yeah, they're not as noticeable as other Fresnel lenses have been in the past. I feel like the like glares and god rays really aren't as bad on the PSVR, which is I'm thankful for. So that's an improvement.
1: Yeah. I so, I felt like it was really easy to get in the sweet spot though. Like mm-hmm. even if the sweet spot technically is smaller, like it's really easy to just like, Oh, there you go. Yeah.
2: I saw one guy who had a, he looked like he already had a decently sized head and he wore a full, like big time, like winter toque thing while you put the PSVR two on. And I was like, oh my that head's, you could be, you could have a gigantic head and this would still fit you fine.
0: yeah yeah it's got a lot of space in it what are some other little things we haven't touched on that people are probably going to want to know uh it definitely feels like it doesn't the psvr1 had pretty soft padding the psvr2 padding is a little harder so it might break down over time and it might get softer but at first you notice it's slipping around on your head a little bit more like you have to tighten it further than you did the psvr1 because the psvr1 i literally never used the gear to tighten it i pressed the button i pulled it out i put it on my head i let it go and it stayed with this if you try to do that you'll notice it slipped and you'll want to crank that thing down a few notches because that padding needs to be compressed a little to really hold on to your head better.
1: Yeah, it definitely was a little bit less comfortable than PSVR1, which I was just a little, just a little, not, not anything bad. I definitely did notice my face got a little itchy, like not horrible. Like it's going to mess with my skin or anything. It was just like something about how it's like hitting my face, but not, Not anything too bad, like not anything that was going to make me not want to stay in the headset and play.
2: I'm wondering now if I if this IR Illuminator thing works. I know I've seen the PlayStation video where he can pull off that rubber like thing Mm -hmm. that is on the facial interface. I wonder if you can just hold it that much out of like to not touch your face, just that extra little bit for people that don't want it to touch their face. Or I don't know, the, the meta had such a big deal about people getting like rashes and things. Hopefully that's not a thing again for
1: I I don't think it's gonna it's enough to like give you a rash or anything. It's just like slightly like, I don't know, hitting a spot in my face. I was like, meh. It wasn't like itchy, itchy, just like a little bit like meh. Annoying. it wasn't as
2: comfy as PSVR one you're saying, basically. Mm-hmm. No. Not no, quite. But it's
1: close. It's close. And you definitely can like have the the sp- screen like a little farther away if you want, which I did, especially when I had glasses on because my glasses are pretty bulky, then it's totally fine.
2: So I do. I think this is the thing that is probably the biggest issue for me with the PSVR 2 and it's the controllers. And it's the aspect that, oh, great. I've got a PSVR 2 wired. I don't have to worry about the headset dying. Well, five hour controller battery life and you can only charge, you know, each one has its, has its own cord to charge and that to me is suddenly a thing where I'm like, oh, you know, if you don't have this easy charging stand thing to keep these controllers constantly charged very easily, you know, you're gonna you're gonna run into this issue of, oh, I'm playing for two, three hours. Oh, it's dead. Gotta go charge it. Can't keep playing. Yeah. I so far I fully charged them and I did a straight session of about
0: five hours. Four hours in it started giving me the alert the batteries were low. And then by the fifth hour they still hadn't died but it kept giving me that alert annoyingly. I think Mm -hmm. that with the adaptive triggers, with the new haptics, they're just a little more power hungry. And I haven't seen a teardown yet to see how the battery size actually compares to the PS Move controllers. But the PS Move controllers could last all day. They were incredible in that way. They'd last like 12 hours straight. So yeah, you're not going to get away with that, but you're also probably not going to go beyond a five hour session, I wouldn't think too often. But the problem is it's not you can just swap a battery in. Like you've got to now stop and charge them. Or right. try to deal with the pocket thing we were talking about earlier. So, yeah. <laughs> I think
1: if that video, that would be pretty funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Covered in cords everywhere. There's just wires coming
0: out of your arms. <laughs> it's like the old VR headsets <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> there's wires everywhere.
1: Oh,
2: my gosh. Uh,
0: while we're on the subject of controllers, a few quick points we'll hit on. So, like, I was really worried that these big rings were really going to get in the way of each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say they don't. Because they sometimes do, but it's been surprising because of the way they set them up. Real often, if you like go to dual hand a gun or something, they'll kind of slip into each other. Or if you're like putting a mag in them, the way they did them, these rings aren't the most intrusive rings ever. I've been surprised by that. And because they're back, you don't like hit yourself in the face as often as you do on the Quest 2. But the big problem, the the game that I would use to test them the most is Beat Saber, and it's still not out yet. Beat Saber is going to be a big question because I mean, I could see hitting myself in the hip with these because of how much they stick out so the the jury's still out on if the rings really get in the way of each other but for now i've been surprised like in pavlov i'm loading mags and i'm doing stuff and i'm still not really hitting them into each other like i expected so that's been a big surprise
2: with those with those the way that ring is and i know we said oh the headset can go as big as possible but is someone going to have such a huge hand that they can't properly fit into that thing I mean, super tight. unless
0: you're a bear, I don't think so. Like, I mean, I can get both my hands in one controller here. <laughs> like yeah, this is yeah. fair this enough. Is, then. You'd have to have some monster. I've got some decent sized hands, but you'd have to be a monster <laughs> to not be able to get a hand in here. <laughs> I think that the problem would be not so much that you couldn't get your hand inside, but if you had huge hands, you might really struggle with like button placement and stuff. Cause even as yeah. I play now, mm-hmm. my hand is touching here at the very bottom of my hand, and I'm able to reach the triangle and the square button. But if I had any bigger of a hand, I'd have to like really reach my thumb back and I might end up getting into a pinch point underneath or something. So yeah, I think you'll get into the controllers fine. Reaching the buttons might be another story.
2: So, so going the other direction, what about for kids? Do you think they can hold that controller and still reach all the buttons? You got to be 13
0: years old Quest to play two. VR. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> not, not in
0: my house. <laughs> yeah, I, I think kids will be all right. I, I would say these suit smaller hands more than bigger hands when it comes to the actual button placement. I think they will have a really hard time hitting the freaking options button though, because it's way over here. So when your hand is natural mm-hmm. like this and you gotta find that, it's way over there. And everybody hits the yeah. PS button instead. So that will do Everyone a bit of a like me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I did that so many times. So Lipnox, so- do you have any last questions as we wrap up this overview of PSVR2?
2: So I know that you've used uh like base stations in the past and you've made a big you know you've said you know, for tracking, sometimes the Quest Two, you know, didn't stood up, stand the test of time in terms of keeping the he- the controllers properly fully tracked. Uh, and a lot of people said the PSVR One was perfect because of the way they did light tracking things for games like Beat Saber. With this PSVR Two, obviously you don't have Beat Saber to test, but you did mention in your video that you were having, you know, tracking issues with mm-hmm. the TV and everything. Have you had anything else that has sort of seen? Wow, that's a glaring hand jump.
0: Yeah. If you leave your hands at your sides for very long and then you go to pull them up, they like bounce back. I definitely think when it comes to ranking base stations are still by far the best. Quest 2 has gotten a lot better with software updates. So remember that. PSVR is definitely still below Quest 2 tracking as it currently stands. But even PSVR 1 tracking when it launched was really bad and then they updated it and it was just kind of bad. So I'm hoping that there will be a lot of updates that help with psvr2 but i definitely think with the rings being back around your wrist instead of out in front like having a bow even if you just pull the bow right to your mouth like you're supposed to don't pull it back like i was doing for testing the video if you pull it back there even then your wrist is back here but you know away from your eyes it's not going to be it's not going to be able to see it with where the cameras are placed on it. So I think that sadly, PSVR 2 will always rank a little under even Quest when it comes to tracking. But for now, you couple the brand new software pains of being a new headset stuff, and there's a decent amount of tracking issues for now. But if you came from PSVR 1, it's going to be the best thing in the world. If you came from yeah. Quest 2, it's going to feel like there's a little bit of issues.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that's something we are also noticing is that it seems like, again, PSVR has all these amazing, innovative things going on, but it also just is a little behind at the same mm-hmm. time. because it's like they learn from their mistakes for PSVR 1, but they're, and this is something you had said before, Jay, that they're not looking at the mistakes Of other companies or looking at where they could improve on what other companies are doing. So they still seem behind, even with all these cool innovations like eye tracking.
0: Yeah, that was what I said at the end of the mini episode. And since you weren't there, Lip, I'll just I'll throw basically it feels like Sony took the PSVR one and they improved everything and made it a better headset in every way they could. They did not go look at what the quest has done right and what the index has done right and adopt those two. So even a little thing, like when you go into the PSVR, or the ps 45 five menu, you can't point and click at the game you want to play you are still using analog sticks and the X button to find it. It's weird little things like that, that I feel like if the developers had been playing on a Quest 2 a lot, they'd be like, oh, that's intuitive, that's obviously something we need to implement. No. They kept that from the original PSVR, but they did make everything about it better at the same time.
2: So so that I could see that being something that would fix uh, software-wise, yep. Yep. but if, if in, you know, three or four years or maybe less, they were to come out with a PSVR 2 Pro mm-hmm. and wireless, not talking wireless, what is the number one thing that you would want them to change from what they have now? What is the one thing they missed out on that could really make a pro worthwhile to do? You said not wireless. I I think it's wireless
0: though. That's the whole like, well, that's that's the last That's just, that's 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 (laughs) an easy one. That's obviously (laughs) you want wireless. That is is the most important thing outside of that. Nat, do you have anything
1: on that one? I'll think for a second. I really like the OLED screens because Mm -hmm. of being able to see like those black blacks. And I feel like that really adds to like the space. It feels like you're really outside or, and like things actually look big. And I feel like you don't really, that's not really the case in a lot of other headsets. So I don't know if I would want to go to those pancake lenses because you might lose that. But I just, if they could somehow get rid of that mirror, that I think would make it worth it for if they had a PSVR 2 Pro. I th- so.
0: I think that the thing holding it back the most right now from feeling modern is the lack of pancake lenses. So a pro would have to have that, which would then in turn give it higher pixel density, no God rays, no glare, a lighter weight, a smaller form factor that would change everything and make it modernized. But the one thing right now that I keep kind of thinking about is it doesn't have any onboard audio at all. So you're back yeah, the to volume the, buttons. the volume buttons, but you're back to earbuds or you're back to your own headphones. So many VR headsets yeah. have moved on from that and have their own speakers hanging off of your ears or something that that True. is another thing that needs to be modernized. if they made a pro,
1: that's a good point. But if they went to the pancake lenses, would it, would you be missing out on those black blacks and the brightness That you get with the OLED screens.
0: Not necessarily because they could still potentially use like the new micro LED screens that are coming or something. They would have those options, but they've been developing this thing since before pancake lenses became mainstream. So it has Fresnel lenses.
1: A lot of interesting things to think about it's it's such a bummer i feel like that we're already talking about like how could they improve it, <laughs> it just came
0: i out. mean i guess we were talking about that day one with psvr one with analog sticks so i, mean, I guess yeah. we're still in the same boat but it is a much better headset and we'd love to know sure. out there from you who have gotten them how are you feeling about yours has mm-hmm. there been any regret i've seen comments of people saying they love it i've seen comments of people saying they returned it i would love to know you can tell us if you're on youtube or you can come join the discord if you're listening to us and let us know what you think we'll have a lot more coming I mean, this is still really early after it but so far I'm excited to have it I just I do see where it's lagging behind in some areas and it's revolutionary in others
2: i'll yeah. I'll admit that uh after watching all the videos and seeing everything uh i'm I'm happy that I didn't spend you know (laughs) nearly two thousand dollars canadian to get a ps5 and a psvr2
0: yeah i think that's how a lot of people are feeling
2: that's a lot
0: (laughs) well if you're out there and you still haven't gotten a vr headset there is a quest 3 potentially coming this year that will be wireless will have pancake lenses and it should only cost you about 500 to get in with no extra costs of having to buy a console or a pc or anything so
2: well and that one if you do have the pc it will work with it Mm -hmm. and then you plugged in that cord into your pc in that recent video on your channel and <laughs> didn't, didn't didn't work yet. Didn't
0: not, work yet. PSVR did not work yet. But thanks for coming out and listening. Hit us up with more questions. We'll be covering this more as we go. But remember, if you've been thinking about VR, it's probably time to find the right headset and dive on in. Dive
1: on in.